Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to episode 75 of the 476ers podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about yesterday's Hornets game. So stay tuned. Yo. Uh, 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 yo. Justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode 75. This is the 476ers podcast. We're going to talk about yesterday's Hornets game. Wow, that sounds like I just copied and pasted the exact same thing I just said. You know, I got to get better at that. There's no no excuse that I'm sitting here literally word for word saying the exact same thing I just said a moment ago. But anyway, it's not like I was lying. I, you know, I'm just saying the same thing. Um, so anyway, we're going to talk about the Hornets game from yesterday, like I said. Uh, probably, you know, maybe going to touch base a little bit on the, the Pacers game just a tad bit. And eh, maybe whatever. We'll see. I mean, you know, listen, the, the Pacers game was a great game. You know what I mean? Obviously, no Joe playing <clears throat> for me. That meant we were going to lose. We were down 16 in the fourth quarter, down 20 in the third. Um, definitely seemed like one of those nights where it's like, oh, here we go again. You know, no one can can make anything happen. But that, ha- but but the comeback that got spurred happened for two reasons, and, and it's you know a large part because of what Ben's defense can be, and and Matisse when he's you know really playing game game changing defense. Um, and it's you know good coaching by Doc. You know, put us in the zone, and that zone essentially disrupted everything they were trying to do. And when you have two guys with length uh, who are ball hawks and can be, you know, these elite level defenders uh, in a zone, they can cause a ton of issues uh, in a ton of different places, you know, in a ton of different places, especially because we have a lot of, we have a lot of good individual defenders. You know what I mean? Shake is, I mean, I'm sorry, Steph, I'm sorry, Seth, works hard on defense. Again, you know, his size can somehow sometimes stop him from being a good defender. For example, last night, right, against LaMelo in the post, he played good defense, but his size pretty much just doesn't allow him to to uh, stop Seth from getting, I mean, stop um, LaMelo from getting that and one in the post, but he's a good defender. Danny, who's in a, uh, who can at times be an elite defender at times, you know, he's older. So I, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's impressive, honestly, how good defense he plays at, at his age with how many, how many miles he has, you know, he is constantly playing deep in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, Dwight, we, we know, we, we know Joe Dwight who can fucking frustrate the life out of me uh, can be disruptive at times. You know what I mean? So you put all those guys in a zone with all that length and all of that, you know, just solid defensive play, understanding high IQ, you know, you're, you're probably going to get some have good results. So um, and that's pretty much what happened. Now, again, like I said, w- with the Pacers, you know, you go in the zone, you need someone you need a few different things. Uh, post players are going to suffer in the zone and they're arguably their best player is Demonte Sabonis, a post player. Uh or you need someone who can break down the defense and penetrate. And while Brogdon can do that, that's not really his specialty. He doesn't have any elite explosiveness or quickness to really explode and break down the defense. And then at that point, you need shooters to kick out to, right? And their shooters are good. They don't have necessarily elite shooting. So, you know, it makes sense. That that Pacers team, it's, it's a solid team. You know what I mean? And they're going to beat teams that they should beat. But against elite teams, yeah, they should lose. And we're an elite team. Yesterday, they got blown out by the Bucs. They're an elite team. You know, they, they need TJ Warren back. They need Karras. They need the production they lost with Oladipo, even though, again, like I keep saying, I don't, you know, that, that fit wasn't perfect. So uh, anyway, also, they've become a worse defensive team this year. You know what I mean? So uh, on to the, to, to, but anyway, to the Hornets. <laughs> um, so, so yesterday, you know, Joe, I mean, just, just to, you know, 
in the first half, in the first quarter, you know, we'll start with Joe. In the first quarter, Joe made it abundantly clear that he wanted to wipe this team off the planet, off of the face of the earth. You know what I mean? And he really did everything in his power to do that. It wasn't just the offense. I mean, I, you know, I could sit here and talk about Joe's offense all day. I mean, you know, he, he misses his first two shots and then hits, I don't even know his next bunch of shots. You know, he hits a three, then he hits, then I think he has a, does he have two, you think, does he have two threes in a row? I don't think he hits two threes in a row. I think he hits a three. Then I think he gets to the line and then he hits another three. And then, you know, it just, it's just, uh, I mean, you know, it, you know, the difference between Joe and everyone else, right. Cause there's a play in the fourth quarter with Toby. We end up getting a shot clock violation. Cause Toby airballs a shot from the, <clears throat> from the, you know, like a mid range shot from the side. And the difference is players like Joe or, you know, any of the elite, truly elite scorers, you know, like, but Paul George, or I don't know why Paul George is the first making in my head, but Paul George or Kawhi or LeBron or Dame, you know what I mean? Steph, Bradley Beal, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, right? These guys are guys that you can essentially put them into, you know, basketball at times can be so formulaic, right? Where it's like, you know, catch the ball, triple threat position, uh, you know, uh, 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 sidestep dribble shoot you know or take one dribble shoot which is exactly the pocket we need toby to be playing in you know constantly saying that making quick decisions catching the ball and shooting or catching and making a decision that's where toby needs to be so when he ends up in a scenario like yesterday where he's dribbling around and now you kind of need someone who can make a shot happen in not a pre a pre-planned scenario toby airballs the ball right well Guys like Joe or, you know, any of those other guys I mentioned, it, it doesn't even matter. I mean, the game is so fluid to them. You can put them in any situation. They can find a way to get a bucket. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? It just it just doesn't matter. Their, their, their fundamentals kick in when the shot is happening, but not necessarily from every point from there. You know, whereas Toby is someone who need, everything needs to be fundamental. As soon as he catches that ball, every decision from that point forward needs to be fundamental, including when he actually shoots. Joe can catch the ball, fuck around, juggle a little bit, and then fun, and then do the fundamental move that gets him the bucket. You know what I mean? And that's the difference between those guys. So Joe, it, Joe at this point is just operating at a level where, I mean, he's just going to score. You know what I mean? He, he's just going to score wherever he wants. I, I, I could talk about that, his offense all day. It's incredible. And I could talk about his defense all day because that's incredible. And that's really the difference. It, it's really crazy. So the first two minutes of the game, they score four. I mean, the first, yeah, the first two minutes of the first quarter, they score four points. And the last two minutes of the, of the fourth quarter, they score six points when Joe comes out. In the, the middle eight minutes, they only score three points. They only score three points. That is fucking insanity. You know what I mean? And that is fully because Joe, you know, like I mentioned, Ben, it's like Ben, <clears throat> Ben really is an engine. You know what I mean? He is a car engine, but the engine can do nothing without everything else. You can't drive a fucking engine, right? You know what I mean? You just, you're not going to just whip an engine. And in fact, you have to, carrying an engine is a pain in the ass and it's all, it's heavy and it's, clumsy and it's annoying and that is very much Ben you know what I mean with other guys you know that with guys who may not be good right 
But once you give the engine the parts to assemble the car, with Ben as the engine, you're going to have a fucking, you know, like a Shelby or whatever. The, I don't know shit about cars. So whatever the fucking car with the best engine is, you're going to have that engine as long as you have the parts surrounding the engine. You know what I mean? And that same goes for defense with Ben. Ben's defense largely, other than, than, than the Pacers game, because, again, we were in the zone. Other than that game, when Joe isn't there to protect the paint, I mean, Joe, it, it's funny because I was thinking about this yesterday, right? Like a guy like Andre Drummond, you'll look at Drummond's stats and Drummond will finish with three blocks and three steals. I mean, he is always flirting with a five, 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 which if you know, is like a thing that never happens. Very difficult, almost impossible. Stat. That stat line happens far fewer times than a triple double, right? Um, it's like, it's like a quadruple, it's like a quadruple double, you know, it's, it, it happens about as often as that, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, Andre is always flirting with that. But the reason why Andre is always flirting with that is because teams are constantly trying him because nobody believes that he, in his ability to actually protect the rim, they'll put him in and pick and rolls and take advantage of him. And in all of those opportunities, he ends up getting these plays, which is good for him, right? He ends up getting these stats, these steals and these blocks at times. But for the most part, it's a, it's a zero-sum game for him. He, they're going to lose that game anytime he's in that situation. The difference is Joe may not have the eye-popping. but And same, same thing even with, with, with Rudy. Teams are – people are constantly trying Rudy because Rudy is weak. You know, he's kind of weak. And, you know, he's, like, skinny and flimsy. And he's gotten stronger. But it just – people – teams, I think, don't are not actually afraid of Rudy. You know what I mean? T- they're not afraid of Rudy. They're going to go at him and credit to him. They, they probably should be more afraid of him. He is an elite rim protector. But those guys, because teams are not afraid of him or of them, they're going to get calls. I mean, they're going to get numbers. They're going to get numbers. Joe is terrifying. He does every single thing right as a post defender. And because of that, there's just not going to be as many opportunities to get steals, to get blocks, to get things. He deflects a ton of balls around him. You know, I think he's only credited, he's credited for what, once, two steals yesterday, but deflected more passes in that situation and two on one, two on one situations. Um, and, and, you know, it just, just, just the amount, the amount that teams are willing to even shoot when he's there is minimal. You know what I mean? Teams are just not even willing to attempt going into the lane. And that's the difference between Joe and a lot of the other guys. So his defensive numbers in terms of steals and blocks may not be eye-popping, but it, but but all the, it's the watching of the game and all the advanced stats they're going to support. This dude right here, people don't even try. So that means you have situations where guys like Ben are going to have more opportunity to cheat a bit on the perimeter and push him to help defense, which is good defense. And have the opportunity to truly lock somebody up. You know what I mean? Because teams don't know what else to do. You'd almost rather try to score on, you're going to rather try to score on Ben than go finish at the, try to finish at the rim and do nothing. You know, you don't even want to get Joe on a switch. You know what I mean? You don't even want to have Joe switch on you because it's not going to work out for you. You know what I mean? So, so 
Joe's defense yesterday, it was clear in that first quarter that he wanted, I mean, it looked like he was trying to set a record for the lowest amount of points that they could score. And, and honestly, if it wasn't that we took him out in the last two minutes, probably would have set that record because in the last two minutes, they scored six points. It's the difference between a 36 point quarter and an eight point quarter, essentially when Joe was in the game. And that's pretty fucking wild. You know what I mean? So, I mean, Joe, Joe, again, MVP, you know what I mean? What else, what else to say? Three for five from three. Nine of ten from the free throw line. Like the, the, these numbers are. It's not just eye popping. You know, these are not just eye popping. These numbers are fucking insane. Like these are crazy, crazy, crazy numbers. With with when you're comparing, you know, you're comparing eighty percent of Joker's offense. That maybe seventy five percent because Joker as a the passing is not even close. Seventy percent of Joker's offense, and hundred and twenty percent of Rudy's defense. You know what I mean? You have you have the best center in the NBA. You have a guy with a ceiling of one of the best centers of all time. I don't know what that ceiling is, honestly. The injuries are going to be what ruins that ceiling. You know, it's the injuries and missing time is what ruins that ceiling. But if you gave, if you said, Joe, you're going to be healthy every single game, you're going to play 75 games a season all for the rest of your career, the sky is the limit for Joe. The sky is the limit for Joe. If Joe's in shape like he is this season – if he does this for the next 10 years, the sky is the limit. You know what I mean? This, the, the sky is the limit. I, I could, the sky is truly the limit. You know what I mean? We'll in 10 years, if this Joe this year, and listen, as much as I give Joe slack, I mean, he's missed what five games, you know, five games out of, uh, I think 19 or 20. So, you know, there's a chance he's going to still play a high amount of games. And if he can play, if he can just maintain 70 to 75 games a year, be, be as in shape as he is right now, and if he can pull off two or three championships, let's say, let's just say, right, then you're talking about one of the eight best players of all time or one of the 10 best players of all time. You're talking about one of the three best centers of all time, probably. You know what I mean? Because Shaq at his best can't can't be what Joe is. You know what I mean? And Shaq is a dominant force. Don't get me wrong. Joe is not the rebounder that Shaq is, to be honest. He's just not the rebounder that Shaq is. Um, but I don't think Sha- Shaq is just not the individual defender that Joe is. And Shaq doesn't have the offensive ability that Joe has. You know what I mean? It just is what it is. So, um, uh, but you know, I think this game is really much kind of where you, where you need to, to end up being, you know what I mean? Toby, Toby finishes with 26 points, nine for nine from the free throw line, not shooting. He didn't shoot the three particularly well, right? It was only one for four, but finished. I think he only finished with what? 15 field goals. You know, that's awesome. You know, I, listen, you hear me talk constantly about, about, about efficiency. You know what I mean? The most efficient and highest scoring players get to the line a ton. You know what I mean? Otherwise, they're shooting a ton. You know, you're, you're going to have to shoot a lot of shots if you're not getting to the line. Uh, so a game like yesterday, you could argue or just on a different side of the coin where, where Toby maybe has had better shooting nights in terms of his three-point shot. Yesterday might arguably be a better offensive game for him. Only one turnover, which is fantastic. I mean, you know, once a game, he launches a ball in a place that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, or he does something that doesn't really make a ton of sense. Um, But, you know, one turnover, four assists. You know, Toby, I thought, played really, really well yesterday. You know, they make a comeback in the third quarter. And, you know, some of it is, you know, we just came out in that second half so lackadaisical. You know, just lackadaisical. You know, just not kind of fucking around and, and, it's a mixture. The third quarter is a mixture of things. The third and fourth quarter is a mixture of things. One, they go into a zone, which I, I realized yesterday. When teams go into zones against us, 
it's kind of a rough situation, right? Because I think most offenses, when you're, when you're facing a zone, you know, you're going to plant a post player or you're, you're going to plant your big man pretty – maybe not your big man, but you're going to plant a player at the free throw line. You're going to plant – you're going to have the guy who's bringing the ball up, maybe, you know, on either side, but is going to be bringing the ball up and should be drawing attention of the two front – if it's a 2-3 zone of the two front guys, you're going to be drawing that attention. Then you probably want a guy on a dunker spot maybe and then a guy on the weak – on that side, that that side at the three-point line to make – to make that person in the zone have to make that decision. If you pass it to the guy in the middle of the zone, he can either hit that dunker to come up or he can hit the, th- the guy at the three-point shot to hopefully get an open shot unless it's a good zone. Well, what, what I'm realizing watching yesterday is when Ben is bringing the ball up because he doesn't shoot, you know what I mean? Because he doesn't shoot, well, those two perimeter guys at the top there are sagging to the free throw line. So if Joe's at the free throw line, there's no advantage anymore. You know, now Joe is almost triple team there. They're not even going to get an entry pass there. And then the two guys on the corner, they'll have to make a decision on where to go. But, you know, it's making a difficult situation. So just seems to me like the move is going to when, when teams go into a zone, the move is to get the ball out of Ben's hand at that point and have Ben circle back, circle around and get to that dunker spot and have either Seth there handling the ball, have Seth creating. You can have Toby creating somewhat, but have Seth, I trust the ball in Seth's hand more than I trust the ball in anyone else's hands. That's not Ben. I don't mind Joe even doing something there. You know what I mean? And Ben being at the free throw line, who you know, since he's he is an elite passer. So I don't know. The point being, it you know, that zone kind of fucked us up. Now, with that said, you know, all they really did was bring the ball, bring the game, you know, within 10, and we just continued to answer back. I mean, it's, we're a team with a lot. Listen, and the one – we're on the road. We're historically, you know, over the last two years, not a great road team. So we're on the road. Charlotte, I think, is a, I think is a well-coached team. Now, I could be wrong. I don't know. You know, when I, I don't know all the intricacies. Like, there are times where you see a bad – the bad coaches are obvious. The good coaches are a little bit harder to tell. You know, it's a little bit hard to tell what makes good coaches good sometimes. When, But when you see a bad coach, it's obvious. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here? What is this? What play was that? Why did you do that? Why does this timeout happen? Why – you know, and I think when I look at Borrega, I don't see someone who's necessarily a bad coach, but I do see someone who's saddled with a roster that's, you know, it's, it's average or below average. You know what I mean? Your best player is 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 Gordon Hayward, and the best attribute he has is his hair. You know, and I, well, no, that's not true. Gordon Hayward's a good basketball player, but his hair is fantastic. I mean, it's really special how his hair, whatever product he uses for that hair, I mean, that hair, that hair could withstand a nuclear blast. You know what I mean? Somehow, if you dropped a bomb or you threw him in, let's say you threw him into Chernobyl, you know, his body would melt away, yet his hair would stay. You know what I mean? And all would be left is his hair. You get great a great wig that way. I'd buy that wig to have his hair. The point being, you know, he's a good player, but, you know, LaMelo, obviously, LaMelo showed some things yesterday. I talked about my last podcast that LaMelo had had hit a bit of a rookie wall, but I thought he played really, really well yesterday. Um, it was a big, big reason why they come, why they came back. You know, honestly, he's a big reason. He's just active. He's just an active guy. He looks like he's just having fun out there. He doesn't get, it doesn't look like he gets too up or down. You know what I mean? It, it actually, it looks like, it looks like he gets up, but he never gets down. It's just like he's having fun. Even if he's losing, he's having fun. He wants to win, but he's having fun, you know, and I think that's a great attribute for the whole team, you know, it brings an energy to the team. And I thought that, you know, kind of having that pep helped them. Obviously, Devontae hits a, a couple big threes, uh, Malik hits a big three uh, off of a fucking uh, off of a free throw miss. And that is why they say never save the ball under your own basket, because Ben saves the ball. 
they get the ball, Malik Buffery. Uh, you know, comes becomes a close game. And a lot of times, you know, it's either Joe answered or Toby answered. And I guess, you know, the, the point is, this is going to be, this is our formula for winning. You know what I mean? It's going to be Ben here at this, you know, 15. I would like them to be 17 points, let's say, 17 to 18. Uh, Toby, if he can get 25 a game, would be fucking dynamic. Like, that would make us way more dynamic than we are if Toby can get to that 24, 25 a game, shooting a good percentage from three. Uh, getting free throw shots is obviously is going to help him do that. Joe being just Joe, generally, whatever Joe gives us is always going to be all, like ultimately extremely positive. Um, and then the 16 points Danny scored, you would really want to see Seth, I think, probably score 10 or 12 and Danny maybe having four or eight, you know, and I think that's where you really want to end up, essentially. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, good for Danny. He shot really, really well yesterday. You know, again, I've talked about Danny struggles on the road generally, but I, he, you know, Danny's, you know what, man, Danny's been really good for us. Fuck it. Danny's been really, really good for us. You know what I mean? He has been great defense He's been shooting the ball really, really well. Um, what we need Danny to do, he's doing. He, Danny is delivering in times where I think we expect like, like Danny, you know, on the Lakers last year, Danny was almost the only shooter at times. You know what I mean? Is what it felt like. It's like, he's the only guy who is a spot up shooter here. And that isn't Danny's role right now. We have three guys in our starting five who are spot up shooters, Danny, Toby, and Seth, all spot up shooters. Joe can spot up too, even though that's obviously not his most efficient spot to be in. But he, you know, he can't spot up too. So we, we, so Danny doesn't have the pressure of having to be the only spot up shooter on the floor at times. And I think that's helping probably him a lot. It's probably giving a, a leaving a lot of pressure. The other big thing about yesterday is that Seth, you know, Seth is Seth is missing. You know, Seth is missing right now. He's wherever Shake's three point shot is. You know what I mean? But it's good. I, I'm fine with that. You know, it's a shame. It's a shame because Seth was playing so 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 well until COVID hit him. And we, you know, we don't know how COVID's affected him yet. You know what I mean? We don't completely know how COVID's affected him. You know, maybe his, his, uh, his breathing or, you know, might not be his cardio might not be great. Uh, weak legs, you know, like just atrophy of his muscles. We don't know, but I pray that we get the Seth pre-COVID back. Pre-COVID Seth coming back is instrumental to how far we're going to go. You know what I mean? Having a guy like that who can be under control, who can hit a big three at times or hit a big mid-range jump shot at times. Because what Seth was doing for a while, even though Toby did this yesterday, Toby was doing yesterday, Toby's been doing over the last couple of weeks, is Seth was great at if a team was making a run, Seth all of a sudden seemed like he would hit a big a big mid-range shot. You know what I mean? Just to steady it. Calm down. Let me hit this shot here. You know what I mean? Um, and right now, he's just completely off. You know, he's just just completely off. Um, he's just completely off. Now, now I felt like the Hornets did play pre pretty good defense at times uh, in the first, you know, in the first half. I mean, in the first half, Joe absolutely just destroys them. You know what I mean? In the second half, any time that we didn't go to Joe or any time that Joe, you know, somewhat settled or just missed, it was giving them life largely you know what i mean but in the first quarter joe snatched their soul away from them they had no chance that first half they just had no chance in that first half in the second half i thought they played better defense again they went to that zone kind of gave us some issues um malik scored kind of you know malik played well for them in that second and, and Devontae started hitting shots um you know so i you know i don't know i don't know what to say about seth it's hard to kind of say 
Um, but you know, the game will come to him. I, I, I you know, I, I am a proponent of that, right? You don't have to go force it. Let the game come to you, especially Seth. It's not like Seth is our, it's not like Seth is Damian Lillard here, right? You know what I mean? Let the game come to you. I, I expect you to be fine, but you know, I'm hoping that the ceiling of what fine is, is pre COVID because that will make us like that good. Um, Matisse, Matisse's defense has been excellent, man. Uh, you know, Matisse has. Over the last week, you know, last few games, Matisse's defense has become game-changing defense. You know what I mean? And that is what you got to be, Matisse, because your offense isn't good. You know, you hit a three yesterday. That's good. Um, but your, your, your offense is just generally not good. You know what I mean? It's just generally not good. But if your defense is going to be game-changing, even though you did foul Devontae on a three-pointer, which fucking drives me crazy – um, I mean, you got three, what you, three thousand, what, 12, 13 minutes. Let me see. Oh, so he played 20 minutes. Okay. I'm sorry. He played 20 minutes. Let, let, let me, let me, 3,020 minutes is, is, is fair. Um, his defense, I thought was, you know, at times game changes defense against, I mean, against the Pacers, largely a lot of those turnovers are, you know, forcing them into bad shots is why we come back yesterday. I thought his defense was great. Um, other than that foul. Good for Matisse. I'm happy for him. You know, I, I, listen, I do like his defense. You know what I mean? If it's going to be this, um, no stupid fouls, just picking his spots correctly. You know what I mean? And causing static essentially the rest of the time. This is the Matisse from last year, defensively. Um, offensively last year, he was better. But this is definitely the, the team, the, the Matisse defensively. But you're going to see defense is going to lead to offense. Why? Because defense is going to lead him to, to playing more minutes and getting more opportunities and getting more comfortable in situations where he can then score. You know what I mean? So hopefully Matisse can, can bounce back. He did try, he tried like a step back for yesterday. And I thought he thought it was a, it was a good shot. You know, I thought it was a good try. It looked good. You know, it didn't look bad. So um, give him time. Shake, Shake's three point shot is missing. You know what I mean? It, it is what it is. That, sh that shit ain't coming back. That shit ain't. Sometimes they say, you know, they say, you know, if you got, you got him in the cage, you got the shot in the cage, your three point shot in the cage. Sometimes you gotta let it fly away. And if it comes back, it was meant to be. And if it's not, then you're just, you know, Alec Burks or something like that. And that is where shake is right now. Just no three point shot just is gone. is just gone missing right now. Um, I mean, that that's pretty much all I can say about shake and his three point shot. You know what I mean? I, I think shake generally, I thought shake generally played well, but we we're seeing shake, just just cuddling with his ceiling on a on a nightly basis right now. You know what I mean? He's just getting real snug up with his ceiling, which is not a starter like I thought, you know, in the in the first few games of the season. You know, he just just shake shake is who shake is. He's gonna be streaky. He's gonna catch fire, I'm sure, at some point. And at, at the other he's just a six man, you know, is what he is. Um Furkan, I'm not gonna give Furkan too much shit for yesterday's game because, you know, he is a, another huge, huge role why we came back against the Pacers, his offense against the Pacers was instrumental. You know what I mean? CG, he was just on, he was just flamethrowing. He was just, you know, green, a situation where the green light worked out for us. You know what I mean? The green light is a fickle, fickle, uh, is a fickle thing. You know, that green light, it can be fickle at times. I mean, you live and die by the green light. You know, sometimes you go through that green light and somebody crashes into you out of nowhere. The other times you got smooth sailing. And it's a dangerous, dangerous game you play with the green light. You know what I mean? But yesterday, 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 Shea, Furkan did not even utilize his green light. You know what I mean? It's like he did not even utilize the green light. Because for Furkan to have gone two for three in 16 minutes means he did not even notice. He probably forgot the green light at home. He left it at the hotel. 
you know, and and forgot it. Good for us, probably, you know, because because two for three could could easily, you know, on a bad night, easily balloon to two for ten, you know, with really terrible shooting. And uh, you know, no no green light usage. He used the green light for the Pacers. That's what the the best green light users are. You know what I mean? They know when to use a green light and when not to use a green light. You know what I mean? Yesterday he did not use a green light against the Pacers. He used a green light. You know what I mean? And it worked out for us. Um, you know, I, I, other than that, not a whole lot to say. Honestly, I don't have a lot to say uh, about what he did or didn't do yesterday. He played basketball, you know, he uh, absorbed 16 minutes of action so that somebody else did not have to play those 16 minutes is what Furkan did. Uh, Dwight, you know, a lot frustrates me. And, 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 you know, I think a is borderline brain dead sometimes. And yeah, just our whole announcing team is, I, I don't know what's going on with Mark. I mean, Mark, I don't know if Mark got COVID and something disconnected his brain, or if I've just been not paying attention enough and Mark's been off, but has always been off. And now I'm like paying, listening more. And I don't know. He's just, but one thing I will say that Allah is kind of like right about is Dwight's incessant complaining to, to officials. Dwight, again, I've, I've mentioned this on other podcasts, your shoulders Get, you don't know, Dwight, your shoulders are the type, it's like when somebody walks, right? It's like the the the, the comedy uh, bit, right? Where somebody's like walking in with a very long thing, you know, that's what she said. And, you know, then there's like glass on the tables and counters and that person just is just like turning around and doesn't notice that he's knocking glass all over the place. And it's like, oh, you know, whatever, what am I doing? And Dwight, Dwight, you are the, your shoulders are that, you know, your shoulders are that. You don't know, you don't notice that you've just fouled someone out of out of life almost you took a life from someone just now by accident you know what i mean you you're taking life force away from other basketball players because your shoulders are hurting them you're hurting them with the shoulders you know what i mean so you shouldn't be complaining so much because nine times out of ten dwight you fouled the person there was one foul yesterday that that oh actually you know what i'm thinking the foul the foul that was not a foul was when Lamelo blocked the shit out of Dwight. That wasn't a foul. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, I'm surprised that that wasn't an offensive foul somehow. That Dwight's shoulder didn't like puncture a lung into Lamelo, or you know, your shoulders got a mind of their own, Dwight. You know, they got a mind of. That's why you're staying so far back on a three point line because you, you know, your shoulders are just, just, just. You know, that's the distance for where your shoulders will act on their own to shoot. You know what I mean? And your shoulders are just wilding. You know, they're just wilding. Nine times out of ten, you're fouling them. Nine times out of ten, you're fouling them. Stop complaining about it. Just move on. You know what I mean? Just move on. It's fine. You're gonna you're fouling them. It's fine. We know you're gonna foul them. Your shoulders know. You should know. How don't you know yet? Um, other than that, though, I thought Dwight played pretty pretty well yesterday. You know, and I thought that in the third quarter when they made they started making that comeback, you know, it can be a scary prospect. As soon as Joe leaves, you're kind of thinking like, oh. Well, they're going to take the lead now. And in reality, what ended up happening, Joe left and, and you know, credit to Ben and credit to Toby and credit to Dwight. Played well enough to actually to actually extend the lead at times while while Joe was on the bench. And then, you know, when Joe that, you know, when Joe came back it's one of the few times that you're going to see that happen where our bench extends the lead and then Joe comes back and then, you know, we give back the lead a little bit. Um but, you know, a lot of that, again, like I said, some of it, I think that it was a threefold thing. One of them is uh, their zone defense, I thought, gave us some issues. Um, the other thing is, you know, I think that they are a well-coached team. And I think that, you you know, because of that, you just can't expect them to roll over. You know what I mean? You really, you, this is a team that you're going to have to snatch the life out of pretty consistently. 
Um, and I thought that we also let, let our foot off the gas a bit. We came out in the third quarter. I thought we looked like a days ago. I didn't particularly like our urgency. You know what I mean? I think we thought they would just go away. Um, and they, and they would, I think teams like this in the past, I think this like last year's team would have went away, but I think like LaMelo, LaMelo brings something, you know what I mean? LaMelo brings something. He may not be the most skilled. I think what LaMelo needs and something that I'm noticing, uh, Ben is actually learning. And I think LaMelo probably needs to learn too. And someone, a, a few people have told me this in the past in terms of my basketball game, where it's like, instead of speeding up the game, instead of trying to speed up because you're not quick enough to blow by people or, or fast enough to blow past fast enough or quick enough to blow by people, slow, slow it down actually, and use your strength. Uh, and that's something that I'm noticing Ben doing more and more on drives where, you know, he slows down and goes one kind of moves that person out the way too, and then finishes um, instead of trying to just blow by everyone and trying to get the edge on someone, just kind of going through them slowly and moving them, which is working out for him. And I think LaMelo probably is going to have to do that. Now he's too weak to do it right now. Uh, but I think that that's uh, ultimately where Romelo is going to have to go because he doesn't have like any particular quickness. I mean, you see, he really struggles beating guys off the dribble. It's not his specialty. Um, but finds a ton of other ways to affect the game. You know what I mean? So we'll see. I don't know what LaMelo's ceiling is. You know, is his, is, is, can he be an all-star? I don't know. If I, if I was betting, I don't, I think he would be fringe, a constant, constantly on the fringe of being an all-star. You know what I mean? I don't know if we'll see him an all-star, but I might be wrong. You know what I mean? I, I do. I, I am a fan of his. I'll say that I'm a fan of his, just by the way his demeanor looks like he's just having fun. And I think that's like a thing that I think Doc said that the other day they were talking about that where Doc said not enough guys are having fun. Um, and you know, we've heard Joe mention that in the past last year, I wasn't, I'm not, I wasn't having fun last year, uh, cause of Al, you didn't say that, but we know what it is. Um, and because of Brad, we know what it is. And you know, that's an important thing. You know, having fun is like wildly underrated on a basketball. If you're not having fun. Why the fuck are you doing it? You know what I mean? So, um, and I think LaMelo does like have fun. And I think he brings that energy to guys, to other guys on the floor. You know what I mean? And the, the, the passing, passing is so contagious. You know what I mean? Guys who want to pass the ball make other guys want to pass the ball too. You know what I mean? That's just the facts. That's just is what it is. That's just basketball one-on-one. If you're, if one of your best guys is a guy who, or the guy who is your ball handler or whatever is a willing passer. And I don't mean a willing pass because he didn't finish with the most assist on that team yesterday. I think Devonte finished with the most assists, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, LaMelo, LaMelo, let's see here. He had three assists. You know what I mean? But look at this spread here. Devontae had seven. Cody had four. Miles had three. Gordon had nine. Uh, Malik had one. Caleb had one. I mean, that's a better spread than our assist. And this team is the most passing team in the NBA uh, with us right behind them, according to the broadcast yesterday. And that happens when you have willing passers. Guys who, who you have a guy who has the DNA of someone who wants to pass the ball and they then spread that to everyone else. Same thing with Gordon Hayward is that way too. And these guys are just wanting to move the ball and it's, it's good. And I think, I think, listen, I, I think, you know, if, if in 2k terms, if LaMelo can turn into like an 88 next year, somehow, I don't know how, you know what I mean? Cause this is not 2k. This is real fucking life. If he turned into an 88 or an 85 or something, right. Just got better then this team can be really good. They need to upgrade their center position because Cody Zeller is a backup center in the NBA, you know, and Bismack Biombo is a backup, backup, backup center in the NBA. 
You know what I mean? They need a good center. You know, maybe maybe they're a, a you know a candidate for for Andre Drummond. I don't think Andre helps them that much, but you know they need a legitimate center. They need a legitimately good center, and I think with Lamelo, I think they could they could be something next year. You know, like imagine if you just took one guy. Let's say you just took Bam and put him on the Hornets. Then I think this team is a legitimately like fun ass team and dangerous. And, you know, you can't sleep on them. They're like a six seed, but you're not sleeping on this team. You know what I mean? So um, that's it. Uh, we play tonight again. We play the uh, Trailblazers. The Trailblazers are reeling a bit. They have a ton of injuries again, unfortunately. You know, it's a shame for them. Um, but you, you just never count Dame out. You know, that's what it comes down to. Don't ever count Dame out. You know, just don't fucking count Dame out. That dude, at any given night, we love giving up career highs and season highs. And Dame loves getting career highs and season highs. It's a perfect storm for Dame to come into Philadelphia today and score 60. So let's please not let that happen. And if he does score 60, please let no one else score anything. Um, they don't have a center that can guard Joe. There is nobody that Joe should go if Joe plays. Now, Joe, you know, his back, his back is an issue. It's obvious. You know what I mean? That's a shame. His a man his size is gonna have those issues. You know what I mean? That's a, it really is a shame. You know, I can be critical about Joe and the injuries, but I, you know, so I don't I don't think I'm trying to be critical of Joe per se, even though I, I do take it out on Joe sometimes. I'm just mad at the universe because what we have is a once-in-a-lifetime talent who, you know, is getting saddled by injuries. And if he, if the injuries would stop, we would get to see someone who has the potential of being the greatest sixer of all time, you know? So um, if Joe plays today, Joe should dominate. If Joe does not play today, I think we're going to lose. Um, just because they have the best player. You know what I mean? Dame and Joe are, are, you know, you could argue who's better. I'm taking Joe, obviously, just affects more parts of the game defensively. But on any given night, Dame is something else. You know, Dame is, every night, Dame is special. But on any given night, Dame is a fucking, just a nuclear bomb. A nuclear bomb. You know what I mean? So um, that's it, everybody. So, yeah, we got Blazers today. I, we play someone on Saturday. I can't remember, but, you know, I'll do a podcast about tonight's game. What is today? Today's Thursday. I'll do a podcast about tonight's game that you'll hear tomorrow. Everyone, stay safe out there. You know the drill. Wash your hands. Um, Black Lives Matter. Rusty Cops kill Breonna Taylor. Take care. Uh, 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 yeah. Justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. Used to come in.